Well, good to have you here this morning. If you were not here last week, we started a new series on being made complete, how we can have what it is that we are lacking added into our life so that we have a completion that is that is here. We're not born again to become automatically complete, but we're brought into that place of completion. How is it? What is our role? What is the things that we have to do to get us there? We're going to be in a number of different places in the Word here this morning. If you look up on the screen, follow along in your bulletin, however you want to go. If you brought your Bibles, feel free to turn to them. But there was an American businessman who was at a pier in a very small coastal village in Mexico. And he saw a small boat pull up and a man get out. And with him, he had a string full of some good-sized yellow fin tuna, several of them. And he walked over to him and he complimented him on his, his catch. He said, well, that's a, that's a great catch you have there. He said, how long did it take you to, to catch them? He said, oh, it just it didn't take that long. It was a little while, but it didn't take that long. He says, you know, if, he says, if, if you would stay out there longer, you could catch more fish. He says, what are you, you're, you're done early. He says, what are you going to do for the rest of your day? And he says, oh, he says, I'm going to go home. He says, I'm going to play with my kids. I'm going to take a siesta with my wife, Maria. He said, um, after that, I'm probably going to stroll into the village in the evening, sip a little wine, he said, play a little guitar with my friends, and then head home. And tomorrow, you know, I'll sleep late. When I get up, I'll go out and I'll fish again. It's, it's just enough to meet the needs of my family right now. Well, this is an MBA grad. He just wasn't satisfied with that. So he said, you know, if, if you would just put a little bit more time and go out there and fish a little bit longer and catch some more fish, you would have enough money, make enough money all that, that you could buy yourself a bigger boat. And with a bigger boat, you can catch even more fish. And once you start catching more fish, you can start buying more boats and hire people. And they can go out and they can catch fish. And all you folks can catch fish and bring these fish together and be making some money and making more money. And pretty soon you'd have to take your business out of this little coastal town. You have to move it to Mexico City. And then once you had it there, you could expand. You could start, instead of selling it to middlemen, you could sell it directly to the people and make even more money. And after you made even more money and bought more boats, you'd have to take that large enterprise to someplace even bigger. You might have to move to L.A. or New York City. And after a while, you could make this company huge, and then you could, you could sell your IPO, could announce an IPO and sell, sell stocks in the, in the uh, business and make millions. And once you make those millions, you could retire and settle into a nice small coastal town where you can wake up late, go out and catch a few fish, play with your kids, stroll into town in the evening after a nice nap with your wife, Sip some wine and play some guitar with your friends. <laughs> now, how many, of that, how many to you, that sounds backwards? Why would you work so hard for 15, 20, 30 years just to get what you already had? That wouldn't make too much sense. See, sometimes, folks, we are working too hard to get the things that we want. God has said, among the things that make us complete is, is joy. And you can have joy. But we're working too hard to get the joy. We're not doing the things we need to do. Last week, we looked at some things 
that can come in your life and steal your joy. The enemy's designed that these things would steal your joy. Some of those things we looked at were anxiety, fear, and worry. When anxiety and fear and worry come in, joy goes out. You can't have both. Anxiety, fear, and worry come in, joy goes. You all know joy can come suddenly. Suddenly you become joyful. Suddenly you can also become not joyful. Something bad can happen and take away these events, these can, things can go on. Another, another thing that will steal your joy is anger, resentment, unforgiveness, even bitterness. These things will steal your joy. They'll take it right away from you. And then you're not going to have it. It's not going to be in your life. And your life is going to be not feel complete. Now, we looked at the scripture uh, last time. We didn't get to all of it. My internal clock was going off and we had communion. And I was thinking, all right, we had enough on this. But you know what I forgot to do was to um, get a chance to talk to all you singles. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Now concerning the things in which I wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual morality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to her wife the affection due her and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not, the, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. And he went on to talk about in this, this thing that folks, if you, he said, if you're single, remain as I am. I was meditating on that scripture for a while. Stay, stay as I am. What does he mean, stay as I am? And I began to think about Paul. Now, Paul, whenever he wrote about things, he wrote about them passionately, didn't he? He, would, he had some passion in there. And I was wondering about some things uh, about Paul's life. Because, you know, when Paul was gung-ho about killing Christians, he was gung-ho about killing Christians. He really went out. He went out of his way. He traveled far just to kill Christians, just to disrupt family. What causes a person to get real passionate about it, about hating Christians? I mean, if they are doing something you don't like, why not just leave them alone? Why, why do we care? Well, if you're going to be, live like that, well, go ahead. <laughs> Christians want to live like that if you want to go that way. If you don't want to go the way that I think you're going to get to heaven, just let them go. Why is it? What is it that ignited inside of him such passion to go after Christians? So I began to think about this. And um, I heard Rick Renner talk about Paul one time. And Paul said, because Paul was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. He was, of the, by his own words, he said of the highest order of Pharisees. And Rick Renner made this observation about this particular thing. He says, in order, in this day and age, in order to get to that part or that, uh, that, that um, stage of being a Pharisee, you had to be married. Is Paul married? No. So I began to think about that and think about Paul not being married, encouraging people to stay single if they were single. He said, you know, if you're not married, stay as I am. It's, uh, it's a good thing. If you are married, stay as you are. You know, don't get, don't get divorced. <laughs> Just to, to do that. No matter what state that you're in, you can be complete. So I began to wonder about this. I began to ponder. Because one of the things I always like to do whenever I get into a story in the Word is I put myself in their place. I try and live out their life. I try and live it out with what I see in the Word of God. And so this is what I sort of... Now, this is not Word. This is not Bible. I did not have an, an angelic visitation. God did not speak anything to me. We're not trying to create any new doctrine on this, but this is just something I began to think about because what would cause someone to get so passionate, someone who is single, who has a lot to say about married people? If it is possible that he was married, what happened to his wife? Now, 
when Paul was a Jew, he may have married a nice Jewish girl. And it could be over the course of time when the New, church, New Testament church came out that that nice Jewish girl got born again. What would happen to the wife of Paul if she got born again? Would he have brought her to a place of punishment? Would he have brought her to the same place of punishment he took others to? And if he did, and if you were him, would that have made you mad enough to travel the world to kill Christians? Because they took your wife from you? Because they converted her to a religion that he was so passionate against? Now, I don't know that any of that's true. But it does help me make sense of some of the things that Paul did. But in any case, when Paul is writing this, Paul does not have a wife. He says, remain as I am. And he was free to go. He traveled all over the world. Didn't, um, uh, wasn't uh, held back in that way. He was, he was able just to pick up and go. If God told him to pick up and go, he picked up and went. And that's what he did. But he said, you know, stay in that way. The being single, folks, does not mean you cannot be full of joy. It doesn't mean that. You can be full of joy. Your joy is not dependent on a spouse. Your joy is dependent upon what is written in the Word of God. Now, my uh, pastor, when I was out in Tulsa, he used to teach us this way. He says, if you are unhappy as a single person, you will bring another single person into your unhappiness when you get married. If you are full of joy as a single person, you will bring another person into your joy. But it's not dependent on that. You can be happy single. You can be happy married. But the enemy doesn't want you to think that. If you're single, he's telling you, you've got to get married. If you're married, he's telling you, you've got to get single. Because whatever state you're in, he wants you to become uncontent and try and go for a different state. That has nothing to do with it. Now, we spoke to you folks in the, in the marriage stage, and uh, I, I hope that helps some of you. But, you know, it, it is typical that in a marriage relationship, one wants the uh, intimacy of a marriage less than the other typical now most of the times you reach that you just you find compromises but there are times that people one that's why paul wrote this in the word that one person makes the decision all by themselves that we we're not going to do that and he says don't do that except for a time of fasting if you're not fasting you shouldn't be doing that and if that has ever come and that has come to happen to christian marriages they've gotten into that kind of a thing if it has you just need to you repent because this, this is the this is the scenario that can happen inside of your marriage if you have let that go on is that your spouse who desires that intimacy and is pursuing that intimacy and every time you you shut it down you are you are causing part of that spouse to to shut down to 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 wilt and die and eventually they stop trying and eventually they stop desiring now how many you know the word of god says that if you if you agree to, to do that for a time, Satan can come along. You know, don't only for a time because Satan can come along and tempt you. The temptation is not just adultery, folks. Doesn't the devil have other things to tempt you with? Can he get you into the area of anger? Can he get you into the area of resentment? Can he get you into some other things? Can he get you into this place? Well, I'm not going to do that for my spouse. He says, don't do it. Now, if you have fallen into that, <laughs> That's a snare of the enemy. Don't let him do it. That's not an excuse for it. It's a snare of the enemy. Don't let him do it. Don't let him pull you into that. What people fall into it? Weak ones. 
How many of y'all want to be a weak Christian? We don't. How do you become a strong Christian? Remember the verse? We're going to look at this verse here. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And as long as you keep letting things, whether you are single, whether you are married, as long as you let things take your joy, you will be a weak Christian. As long as your life is not filled with joy, your life will be filled with weakness. And you will not be able to resist things that the devil throws your way. Get that strength in there. Don't let the joy be taken away. 1 John 4 and 4 said, In these things we write to you that your joy may be full. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, that they, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the word of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is a holy day to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not sorrow. Now, how many feel real good about it? If you are sad about a situation and someone comes up to you, stop it. But isn't that what, he, what he's saying right here? Do not sorrow. When the Word of God says, do not fear, do you have the ability to not fear? When the Word of God says to you, do not be anxious, do you have the ability to stop being anxious? When the Word of God says, do not worry, do you have the ability to not worry? When the Word of God says, do not doubt, do you have the ability to not doubt? We do. And we look at all those and we accept them. But it says, do not be sorrowful. What do we do? (laughs) Now, there are times that something will happen in your life and sorrow can come in. Sorrow is temporary. Sorrow is temporary. It's not permanent. Don't make sorrow a permanent condition. You may be sorrow. Sorrow may last for you know, a little while, but uh, glory to God. Joy comes in the morning. And joy ought to come in the morning. There needs to be a time that we put away the sorrow. We put away the sadness. Because if we do not put away the sadness, the joy cannot come in. And the, what is your strength again? What did he say? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now we could say, I, I, just, I don't have the strength to, to do that. Of course not. You don't have joy. Now, before we get done, we're going to show you. The Bible tells us some things we can do to actively put joy in our life. It is not about feeling joyful. It is about being joyful. You can be joyful even when you don't feel joyful. But you can do some things so you can feel joyful. How many rather feel joyful than be joyful? Come on, of course you would. (laughs) We like the feeling of being joyful. It's the feeling of being sorrowful and sad that gets us to be, to be a problem. But we don't need to stay there. Now look what he said here. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. So the Levites quieted all the people saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Now, the reason they got sad was they read the word of God. They heard the word of God and said, oh, we're in trouble. God has mad at us. And so their joy left and they were sad. And he said, no, 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 this is not a time for sad. This is not a time for more. Now I want you to be joyful. And so it says here at the end that then they had understanding of the word. If you do not have proper understanding of the word, the word cannot bring you joy. You've got to get proper understanding. You've got to know what the Word of God says for us 
to us in our life? How can I take what is written in the Word of God and put it together in my life? Because if I can be joyful, life is a lot more fun. If I'm not joyful, and how many of y'all know, we've all had times. Sometimes we've had sections of our, whole, of our life that have not been joyful. Not just a day here or there or an afternoon or, or something. We've had whole sections of our life, some of us can say, that have not been joyful. But we can be joyful. So they, uh, they set their mind. They went their way and they ate and they drank. Now when you are sorrowful, how many of you do not want to eat or drink? Just kind of, I don't want to eat anything. I don't want to make anything. Because sometimes you get so sad, you just don't feel like you're making any food. And if you don't make any food, you don't eat any food. And then if you don't eat any food, what happens to the strength in your body just from a natural standpoint? It gets weaker. It gets weaker and, and yeah, that's just not good. But God wants us to be joyful. So he, they, he sends them on the way. He says, look, go on your way. I want you to eat. I want you to drink. Can you imagine that? The Word of God comes out and says, go out and have some donuts. Go out and have a steak. I don't think he'd ever say go out and have a salad, but he, he, you know, he might. Does salad bring you joy? Yeah, there are some salads that can bring me joy. I like those Mexican salads. You ever had one of those? Got a little bit of spice in them. Got uh, some extra things. I, I like a good Mexican salad, especially when they put avocados on it. There it is. Oh, I forget the, mm. They're good. I can eat them all the time. There. And that can bring me joy. But, you know, iceberg lettuce with some carrots and a little bit of ranch dressing, that depresses me. This is... But it's okay. I'll leave from there and I'll get joyful. <laughs> but the joy of the Lord is your strength. Is your strength. If you were the enemy and the enemy wants to, he wants to devour you. He wants to take you out. If you are the enemy, what is the, what is the, what is the way that he should attack you? You've got to get your strength gone. I've got to take your strength away. If I can take your strength away, you won't have the ability to fight. So understand this, folks. The devil knows the Word of God better than a lot of Christians. He knows what you need to do. And he knows what, if you did, will stop you from having joy. He knows. So all he has to do is throw these things your way. Let's throw some fear, worry, and anxiety. Ah, that didn't work. I didn't take it. Oh, all right. Well, let's get some anger and resentment and bitterness in there. That always works. Throw some of that in there. Nah, that didn't work either. Huh. Well, we gotta we gotta break out some other things. And so he tries to find some other things. He's trying to, to get that joy out of your life. If he can't get the joy out of your life, he can't take you down. He can't take you down. But he's gonna try and find a way. Now, do not sorrow. Is this a choice? That's the thing we have to come to, come away with, folks. We got to realize it is a choice to be sorrowful, just like it's a choice to be joyful. It's a choice to be a doubter. It's a choice to be a believer. It's a choice to be in fear. It's a choice to be in worry. It's a choice to be in anxiety. These are choices that we make. How many of you know people that are caught up with fear and anxiety? All right, appreciate all three of you. How many of you know people that they just seem to be joyful all the time, never worried about anything, just no fear, no worry, no anxiety? Yeah. Well, they chose that. It still comes knocking at the door. It still comes. You know, you, know, you get that report. You're over there at work, and the boss says, 
It's on Friday. And the boss says, I need to have a meeting with you first thing Monday morning. All through the weekend, what are you tempted to do? Fear? Worry? Are they going to fire me? Did I, did I do something wrong? What did I, why, why does he want to meet with me? What's going on? And all weekend long, you can begin to fester on this. Well, if you think about it on Saturday, can you change anything that's going to happen on Monday? If you think about it on Sunday, can you change anything that's going to happen on Monday? No. So you just got to come to the realization, I can't change it by any of that, so I'm just going to go out and have fun. I'm just going to go out and eat and drink. For me, it's you know Diet Coke, iced tea, Gatorade, or, of course, the ultimate drink, chocolate milk. More people should get some chocolate milk. It'll wash away sorrows. I'll tell you what. You just take some of that. You just can't stay unhappy. I can prove it to you. My granddaughter has caught on to the beauty of chocolate milk. Is, do you ever see her sad? There you go. No, you may have some other kind of... Uh, I mean, some folks enjoy tea. I, I mean, hot tea. I enjoy hot tea in January and February. I just can't drink it outside of that. It's just, uh, it just makes me cook. I just feel like I'm boiling on the inside drinking that stuff. But some folks, they, I mean, you drink coffee in July. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. But how many enjoy drinking coffee? How many enjoy drinking tea? I mean, it just kind of, you just sit there and you drink, it just kind of, ah, it's a feel-good drink. You know what you should do? Go drink some. Go down there and drink some coffee. But then you know the enemy will come on in. He'll try and steal this away from you. And a report will come out. More than a half a cup of coffee a day will kill you. So now you can't even drink that without thinking about that report. Don't worry about what they say you can and cannot eat. I've told you this a number of times. Follow your spirit. If your spirit is telling you don't drink it, don't eat it, then don't drink it or eat it. If your spirit is saying go for it, then get all you want. Just listen to your spirit. It will tell you. Don't listen to the reports because they're going to have one report this year and next year they're going to come up with another one. It's no big deal. Don't let that mess with your joy. If you like to eat eggs, eat them. My wife doesn't like eggs. It would not bring joy to her life to sit down and eat eggs. Me? Love eggs. Eggs are good. Eat and drink. Go out there and have some fun. Don't let it, because, you know, anxiety can come in. It can mess with your stomach, and food's not settling, and then your body is not processing it right, and then all kinds of things happen. That's not good. Don't let that go kind of stuff go on. Now, Jeremiah 15, verse 16 says this, Your words were found, and I ate them. Yeah, this is Jeremiah. How many of y'all know Jeremiah didn't always get the best of words? But he said, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. He says that the word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. The word of God is there to be a joy for you. Every day you should go getting some word. Sitting down reading some, or just, if you got it in your head, just meditate on it. Just start meditating on the Word of God. That's food for you. That helps you. We're reading the chapter a day, five days, only five days a week. And we're in Acts right now. I mean, if you can't read a chapter in Acts, it's not like Luke. I don't know what happened between the, the two books. I mean, Luke sometimes, you know, 50, 60, 70 verses. In there, it may take you a whole 10 minutes to sit down and read that. But Axel is nice and 
nice and short. Make sure you're reading the, your chapter a day. If you got behind, start right where we're at. Just keep on going. But that's good. Get into that. Keep on, keep on reading. If you want to read more than that, read more than that. If you want to go out there and study something, then study some. If you want to read some other books to teach you about the Word of God, go out there and read some other books to teach you about the Word of God. But get the Word into you because the Word will come into you as joy and rejoicing of, in, in your heart. That's what the Word will do. Let the Word come in. Let it become alive to you. But it's got to be the Word. It can't be man's opinion on the Word. It can't be a watered-down Word. It's got to be the way that the, the Word of God did it. It's got to be just that way. I mean, how many of you gone in to a restaurant and you like iced tea? And you order an iced tea and it comes in and it tastes all watered down. Is it satisfying? You know, if you wanted water, you would have ordered it. Came in all watered down. Oh, this isn't good. My family laughs at me. We go into a restaurant. My first question to them is a new restaurant. Do you have authentic Diet Coke? We did that over the weekend. I asked her, do you have authentic Diet Coke? She looked at me, what? She said, well, of course it's authentic. And my daughter clarified it for me. She said, he's asking you if you have Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. I think it was her who said that anyway. And, uh, and, she, and she said, oh, no, we have Diet Pepsi. I said, then you don't have real authentic Diet Coke? It's not the same stuff. So uh, I turned it down. Didn't, uh, didn't have that. Took their water. Their water was awful. Their water was awful. I mean, I'm not a big water drinker, but with a meal I can do That water was awful. Oh. I don't know. I didn't ask my family afterwards. Is that normally what water tastes like at a restaurant? Was it? Because it, it was, uh, okay, good. Then they drink a lot of water. If they're telling me it's not that good, then. I took a little bit of that. I think I took about that much out of the cup. Of course, after that, my granddaughter was playing it. That kind of takes away the <laughs> takes away, takes away the water. But the Word of God, undiluted, true, needs to come into your life, and it will bring joy. When you sit down and you read your chapter in a day, do you expect that it's going to bring joy into your life? When you meditate on the Word, do you expect it's going to bring joy into your life? And if it brings joy, what's it also bringing? Strength. You are getting stronger. If you're getting stronger, then you can fight anything. Isaiah 35, verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. How many of you know that song? They put that to music. With everlasting joy on their heads. Anybody remember that song? Anybody know that song? Wow. Anybody not? How many people do not know this song? Wow. All right. That's a song. They put a, they put a song to this, to this thing. Except they call it, And the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. That's how the song goes. Probably more true to the King James than it is a new King, King James might be the difference. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. When we are sad, Y'all know sorrow is there. Sighing is there. But if you let the joy of the Lord come in, what's he say? They shall obtain joy and gladness. And what happens to sorrow? It's gone. It's gone. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is there. The joy of the Lord will come in and it will chase away any sorrow. Any sorrow. Doesn't matter what it is. It'll chase it away. They shall obtain. 
joy and gladness. But see, they came, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion with everlasting joy on their heads. Everlasting joy on their heads. Everlasting. It means it doesn't go away. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. It's going to go. Because God knows if you carry sorrow and sighing around in your life, it will wear you down. Truthfully, folks, it'll make you more susceptible to disease. It'll make you more susceptible to temptation and the snares that the devil has. And life will not be as fun. And you can get to the part where you despair of life altogether. But joy, take that away. Psalms 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave your soul in, the, in, in Hades, or Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life, and your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. Now, if you have Denny David Engel's CDs, tapes, he puts this on one of his albums. I heard him say this over and over and over. Every time I play it, he'd say this over and over and over. I got this thing down. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. That means if I, am, if I have sorrow in my life, where am I with the presence of God? I'm not in the presence of God, am I? Because if I am in the presence of God, I have what? Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. You cannot be in the presence. Now, you can know about God. I'm not saying you can't be a Christian. I'm not saying you can't be spirit-filled. I'm saying you cannot be in the presence of God and not be full of joy. So you got to get that presence of God on you. You got to get that presence of God around you. How many have been in church here and we've been worshiping and you just feel the presence of God all around you? And whatever you were concerned about seemed to just go away. And you're just all caught up with it. And then you leave here and you go back out to the car. It seems to come right back. But you can maintain it because you can learn how to become a worshiper. You can put on the tapes. You can sometimes do it without even tapes. Just sit there and praise God and let the singing come up within your, yourself. Just be glad. Rejoice. If you don't want to sing, then just, just say all the things God has done for you. And just give God thanks. Just rejoice. Father God, I thank you. I thank you the way that you did this. And I thank you the way that you brought this. And I thank you that this has come into my life. Oh, I'm I just so thankful about this part over here. And you got all the, you just begin to go over all the things that God has done for you. But you see, the enemy wants you to be full of sorrow. So he wants to tell you all the things you don't have. How things aren't going so well. Who's in your life that's making a mess of it? Who's in your life that's bringing you sadness? No, I don't let people do that. The joy of the Lord, all these verses we looked at and all the verses we're going to keep on going, the joy of the Lord is not dependent on the people around you. The joy of the Lord is dependent on the Word of God in you and the presence of God before you. That's it. Get the Word of God in you. Get the presence of God before you. You walk around in joy. But see, this is up to you because we are made complete. We're not born complete. We are made complete. So I've got to do some things to get that making going on. How can I be made complete? Get myself in the presence of God and stay there. That's what we've got to do. So we've got to get our attitudes changed. We've got to change our attitudes to be attitudes in line with the Word of God. But that's not all. 
There's some other things we can do besides just changing our attitudes about things, and that is changing our actions. There are some things that we can actually do. In Proverbs 21, verse 15, it is a joy for the just to do justice, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. Did you know that doing good things brings you joy? Doing just things brings you joy. Even if the people you did them for don't receive them. Even if they don't like it. Even if they don't respond the way that you think they ought to respond. The fact that you did what was good will bring you joy. Now think about that this way. How many of you have ever done something good for somebody, they didn't receive it and you got sad? Yeah, we didn't respond right. That was our fault. That wasn't their fault. That was my fault. If I do something good for somebody and they don't receive it well and I get sad about it, that's not their fault. Now, the enemy wants you to believe it's their fault. He's always going to be pointing. If they would have and if they just and that they, yeah, if they, were, if they would have just been this, if they would have just, oh, I can't believe it. And see, now I'm getting more sad because fear or I'm sorry, resentment's coming in. Bitterness is coming in. Don't need those things. It's going to rob my joy. Take it right out. You don't need it gone. You need that joy to stay around. If they don't receive it, that's all right. That's all right. So they don't receive it. <laughs> it's okay. Just go on. Father God, I so, I'm so grateful that I was able to do that for them. Maybe later on they'll receive it and do them good. But you know what? It did me good. Thank you for that opportunity. And I don't know, maybe that just watered something that was on the inside of them. Down the road, somebody else will reap a harvest for the thing. Glory to God. And you just go on, just have fun, just rejoicing. Thank God that I had the opportunity. Thank God that I saw the opportunity. Thank God I took the opportunity. And I did what was good. I did what was right. Don't worry about what other people do, how they respond. Your joy is not dependent on other people. Your joy is not dependent on a husband or wife. It's not dependent on a boyfriend or girlfriend. It's not dependent on friends. It's not dependent on anything that any other person will do. But I'll tell you this, the more joy you get full of, the more people want to be around you. Get full of joy. People will be taking numbers to get in your presence. They will. How many have ever watched Jesse Duplantis? Have you ever watched Jesse Duplantis and think, man, that man is depressed? Have you ever thought that? I mean, you can't watch Jesse Duplantis any, no matter where he goes. No matter where he goes and what he teaches, what he does, you watch Jesse Duplantis, you just get happy. <laughs> you just watch him. He's just smiling the whole time. I think it's going to break one of these days. It just seems like it. He's just smiling all the time. He's just having fun. He talks about some of the fun things he does. And Now, don't go watching Jesse. You come out of there and say, well, I didn't learn any word. That's not his purpose. He's not a teacher. He's an exhorter. He comes in and gets you fired up. You listen to Brother Jesse, you get fired up. I'm sure Brother Jesse could teach us a bunch of stuff. Because he's got to know a whole lot of word to maintain that joy that he's got. I'm sure he could teach us a bunch of stuff, but he knows what his role is. His role is, I'm here to exhort you and get you happy. (laughs) Get you fired up, get you going. That's what he does. You come in there, you get fired up. He tells you stories of stuff that God has him do. He says, oh man, that sounds like so much fun. Oh, I want to get in there and be able to do that. And you get excited about it. You, you, you enjoy the, the gift that God has given us in that. And you just, uh, you get happy. You can't listen to Brother Jesse and not be happy. You turn him off, maybe, you know, something else comes settling in, but it don't have to. Put this in your outline for you. What you do affects how you feel. 
What you do affects how you feel. Not what others do, but you do. Now, I know what other people can do can sometimes affect how you feel, but it don't have to. Doesn't have to do it. My grandfather would give us an example of that. You know, no matter what it was that people did to him, he'd laugh. At least that's all I ever saw. He'd laugh. He'd, uh, he just had fun with it. And uh, just didn't seem to get him down. Didn't seem to get him bothered. And we heard stories later on of the things people did to him. Whew. Wow. That's something else. Make sure you do the right things. In um, Proverbs 15, verse 21, Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment. Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment. Now, if you're not quite sure what that means, let me explain this to you. How many of you, I'm sure you guys have never been in one of these places. But through the advent of TV and watching one of those cop shows or something like that, you've seen the police officers and they go into the uh, local establishment, club, bar, wherever it is, and you see the people carrying on. And they look happy. They look like they're having fun. And they're drinking, doing drugs, doing evil kind of things. Uh, carrying on with, with people they shouldn't be carrying on with. Just stuff going on in there that as a Christian you look at that and say, ew. But they're having fun. And you know the people in the world, they line up outside these clubs and these places to go in, to go in and to do these kind of things. And you wonder, how can that be fun? Here's what the verse says. Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment. They lack discernment. It's their lack of discernment that makes them think, this is fun. And you look at that and say, really? I mean, that's fun? Getting drunk so that you can't remember what you did? Getting so drunk you're throwing up? Spending time over the toilet? That's fun? And you just shake your head. You've got to be kidding. This is fun? Well, they like the sermon. Now look what he goes on. But a man of understanding walks uprightly. When we have understanding, we walk differently from that. Don't look at the world and say, oh, I wish I had the joy that they had. What they have, folks, is not the joy that you got. Not even close. To them it's joy, but it's not an everlasting joy. It's here as long as we're doing the drinking. And, but whatever they have, it doesn't even come close to what you got. Not even close. What you got is, is godly, godly joy. Heavenly joy. Everlasting joy. Joy that brings strength. Their joy doesn't bring strength. But God's joy does. And you can have it by walking uprightly. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. The words that you say out of your mouth can take away your joy. Or keep your joy full. That's why you got to be careful with some of the things you say. Now think of it this way. How many of you have let out of your mouth some angry words to a spouse, to a friend, family member, and you came back and, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Oh, man, I wish I hadn't said that. And that's not bringing you joy. Now we need to have wise answers. We need to, we need to think on things before we say them. Because my joy can come. And continue because of the answers of my mouth. Because of what I say. Don't just, don't just mouth off. 
Because it's not joy to relieve bottled up pressure. That's not joy. Joy is speaking truth. Joy is having wise answers. Answering wisely. That's joy. That's going to that's gonna help you out. In, in uh, Proverbs 12, verse 20, deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil. There are folks out there who do nothing but devise evil and how they can deceive people into it. Now, we're in the political uh, process here. How many of y'all know we are tired of political commercials? Because most of them are not very truthful. And they paint pictures of, of things. But it is amazing to me, you know, however it is you're going to vote. I'm, I'm not talking about candidates here. I'm talking about the media. The, the media is just de- deplorable in some of these things and what they do. I've always had this idea, and I told you this before. Any candidate that the media is completely sold out for cannot have anything good to them. Because we have the most ungodly media in, I ever remember. The most anti-God media, if they are sold on somebody, there must be a reason we should not be. But isn't it amazing to you that someone, and I, I, Donald Trump is no angel. I told you before, we were here on the Wednesday night and we did it. He's not my first choice. He's not my second choice of the people that were out there. And by the time we got to a third choice, there was no other third choice. It was, you know, they, they dropped off pretty quick. But um, it is, isn't it amazing to you how much this media keeps trying to bring up scandals? Donald Trump was in the public light for how many years? 30-some years? In the public light. He bought the, uh, the Miss Universe pageant, was around women all that time. Flew on planes back and forth. Was constantly in the presence of people. And no one in all those years ever accused him of being a racist. Ever accused him of, uh, of uh, 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 behavior that was not appropriate on an airplane. Or all the other things. Isn't it amazing to you that none of that ever happened? Isn't it amazing to you it amazes me that a, a woman who says that she was groped on a plane never cried out in the airplane itself. Now, it wasn't hard to make her story not, not hold water. She, made it, she put some details in there of her story. I didn't hear her whole story. I heard some parts of it. But she put some details in her story that shot at the pieces. That first off, the airlines that she said was on didn't fly the path that she said she flew. Well, that's one thing that will be about it. Said they were in first class with an armrest that would come up. First class doesn't have armrests that come up. I heard from a whole mess of people. Whole mess of people. Airline attendants who worked first class. Who worked those planes. That said it doesn't go up. And, uh, and thing after thing that they, that they would say. And just uh, debunking the whole thing. And you can do that with just about everyone that they brought up. But it's amazing. People will buy it. They did the same thing with uh, Herman Cain. They tried to bring up women as an issue with him, even though none of them held any water. How many times are they going to do this and people buy into it? I, I don't know. As long as, they, as long as people keep buying into it, they're going to keep doing it. And uh, the people who probably should be running aren't going to be running because they don't want to put up with it. But don't buy into these things. You can, you can look into this stuff. Do not let the media make your choice. Go to God and let God paint you the picture. I already know who I'm voting for. I've known it for some time. There's nothing that the media can bring out that will change my mind. Because first off, it's the media. 
But you see, they have deceit. Look at it. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil. The media has devised evil continually. And deceit is in their heart. And they will do everything they can to deceive you into thinking that what they're saying is true. And if you believe a lie, you're not believing the word. It's the word that brings joy, not the lie. But counselors of peace have joy. Counselors of peace have joy. Be a counselor of peace. Be one who comes in and tries to bring things together, not one who tries to drive things apart. Be one who does that. Counselors of peace have joy. Those folks in the media, they have no joy because all they do is they go around trying to deceive. There are people in the church go around trying to deceive, try and make the Word of God say something that it's not, not saying. They're not going to have they're not going to have joy. People who have joy are counselors of peace. People have the Word of God in them. And that's us. That can be us. I want to be a counselor of peace and have joy. That's what Proverbs tells me I can be. So beware of deceit. It's out there. Psalm 5, verse 11. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. The reason that people, the enemy wants to pull you out of joy and put you into something else is he's going to shake your trust. He doesn't want you to trust in God. And a lot of times the joy has gone because I have a reason to not trust God. I don't believe that God's going to take care of my finances. I don't believe that God's going to take care of of uh, whatever situation I'm in or that people are coming against me and I'm fearful. I'm not trusting that God will do it. But it says that he will, sur- he will surround me as a, or you as that person who stays in the right spot. They will surround us uh, with a shield if I continue to stay in that place of trust in him. But the enemy wants to come in and question. He wants to come in and, and cause trust to fall away. Not just trust between you and God, trust between you and a friend, trust between you and a spouse, trust between you and a family member. He wants to shake that trust. If he shakes the trust, the joy begins to fall out. The fear begins to come in. I'm not seeing God as my defender. I'm not seeing that I have a shield, his shield about me. I'm not seeing these things. And so other stuff begins to come on in. And once that joy goes, folks, other things can begin to come in its place. And we begin to go to God and say, God, I have this in my life and this in my life and this sadness and this. Oh, Father God, will you please deliver me from this? And God says, it's in my word. Here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do. This is what's in the word of God. But what happens is we lose our joy. We fall into depression. We go to the world. The world says you need drugs. I mean, we've got little kids on that, on that Ridland stuff, right? And uh, it takes a, uh, what it does is it takes the boy out of the boy. I've heard people say that before. It takes the boy out of the boy. You've got to be careful. Now, I'm not saying that those drugs can't help uh, some people and get some chemical balances in, in, in whack and, and things like that. That's, that's fine. But listen to God. It, it don't, don't make those things as a permanent thing. Listen to God. Because God wants to, to fill you with joy. And not have depression come upon you. Not have these things of the world 
attach themselves and drain you of all this. He wants you to have joy and to be complete in it. Oh, he wants you to have fun in this life. The Christian life should not be a drag. It should empower you. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength, folks. It's going to make you strong. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you in verse 11. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. When the enemy comes and says, God's not defending you, laugh at them. Marty was here, was teaching us on that stuff with laughing, right? Sometimes if you look at that, it's all, that's crazy stuff. No, just laugh at the enemy. He hates it when you laugh at him. So do what he hates. I mean, sometimes it just starts off and it's just, uh, <laughs> you're just trying to force it out. That's fine. It'll eventually come on and get it where you can laugh like you're watching Carol Burnett. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Carol Burnett's fun. I liked her. They were, they were some funny things. Tim Conway, some of my favorites. The purpose of deceit is to get you to let go of what you, you trust is true. That's the purpose of deceit. Wants to get you to let go of what you trust and that what you trust is true. It's designed to get you to stop doing what God has said, to stop speaking God's word, and to stop thinking about what God has promised. That's what it's designed to do. Don't let the enemy have, a, have that success. Make your conversations different. Have conversations with people that are filled with joy. Let the word be coming out. Damn wonderful, Stephen, go on to someone else. But let that word come out of you. All this takes away your joy and thereby your strength, making you weak to the enemy's attack. Take a look at this, Isaiah 61. You'll be real familiar with this scripture because this is a scripture that Jesus read when he was in the temple. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's where the Lord Jesus stopped. But it didn't stop there. It kept on going. But that's the first part of the ministry he was going to do. But look at what he said here in the first part. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you would say that either now or at some time you've had a broken heart? The Lord Jesus is here to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. You feel captive by something? You feel that something's got a hold of you? Some kind of sorrow, some kind of fear, some kind of worry, anxiety, whatever it might be. He is here to proclaim liberty to the captives. You can go before God and say, Father God, I'm a captive to this thing. I thank you that liberty has been declared over me, and I am free from that. And every time the enemy wants to come and bound you to that, say, no, I'm free. Because Jesus Christ has come to proclaim what? Liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The opening of the prison to those who are bound. You remember when, if you were uh, reading your uh, book of Acts this week, you were up on the part where Peter was in prison and they were going to kill him. And the angel shows up and his chains fall off. No key. No key needed. They just fall off. And the doors are open. And he comes to the city of the gate and it opens all by itself. Just, just opens. 
That's how he sets you free. The opening of the prison for those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And this is where Jesus didn't read. And the day of vengeance of our God. Because that wasn't his fulfillment yet. He was going to fulfill that in the second advent. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Brother David Ingalls has a wonderful song on that. If you've never heard it, look it up on YouTube. You probably can find it. The garment of praise, it's called. But he says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness is in his song. There is a spirit of heaviness. We know that because the Word of God has identified it. There is a spirit of heaviness. It desires to come upon you and to be on you. How you get rid of it is the garment of praise. When you feel a spirit of heaviness come upon you, you need to break out in praise. It doesn't have to be song praise. It can be spoken praise. But you need to break out in praise and just begin to praise God. As that garment of, 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 of heaviness was put on you or that spirit of heaviness was put on you, no, no, no. I'm putting on the garment of praise. And you put on the garment of praise and you just begin to praise. And you just begin to sing. And you just begin to proclaim. And that spirit of heaviness cannot stay upon you. It has to go. But if you let that spirit of heaviness get on you, it can become a chain. It can become a, something that bound, bounds you. It can become a prison. It can be something that holds you in. And God doesn't want you held in. He wants you to have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's your strength. Do not let it be taken. Hang on to that. When that spirit of heaviness comes down upon you, recognize it. Hey, this is heaviness. This is heavy. How do you know about the spirit of heaviness? Because it feels heavy. It's described. The spirit of heaviness. Do you ever get, get up and I feel heavy today. I feel like I'm carrying a, a weight feel like something is on me. Well, don't just wonder about it. Know what the, what the Word of God said and do it. Just go out there and start praising. Start singing to God. Get that Word going. It's, oh, it's a good thing to do. I know not everybody likes David Ingalls' music. He don't like his style of music, but I'll tell you what, his words cannot be beat. And sometimes you just need to put some of that kind of Word music on and just begin to sing that. It'll chase those things away because the garment of praise will get rid of the spirit of heaviness. That's what it will do. Well, to possess or obtain joy, put this in your outline for you. These are the things you need to do. First off, say no to continual sorrow. Say no to continual sorrow. Get it out. I'm not going to have continual sorrow. No. That came on me. I was sad. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, if, you're, if your pet dies... If somebody in the family dies, that you just need to be, glory to God, I am so happy. <laughs> I'm saying that you got to do that. You can have sorrow. Man, I'll tell you what. Really, really enjoyed that person. Really enjoyed that little pet. Really, uh, really sorry that thing went. Uh, man. And you can be sorry for a little while. But then, don't be in continual sorrow. You can, be, you can have that for a little bit. You can be sad for maybe, you know, hour, couple hours, whatever it might be, uh, I don't know, however long it takes, you know, that whatever. But you can be sad for But then you've got to get rid of it. You've got to put it off. Otherwise, it can become that spirit of heaviness that stays on you. Now you've got to get rid of it with the, 
garment of praise. So say no to continual sorrow. Say no to iniquity. And this, by the way, too. Well, I know you all know this. I'm just you know, reaffirming what you already know. Any loved one that we lost, glory to God, we're going to see them. But until we do, we keep doing what we're supposed to do for God. Say no to continual sorrow. Say no to iniquity. I'm not going to do what's wrong. Even though everybody else is, that's not going to bring me joy. What brings me joy is doing what's right. Say no to unwise answers. Just say no to unwise answers. No, I'm not going to not going to speak that. I'm not going to say that. Say no to deceit and plans of evil. Say no to it. When people come along, they try and get you to accept their deceit. They accept the, their plans of evil. No. No, I'm not going to take it. Not going not to go that way. Not going to think that. Say yes to the garment of praise. Say yes to trusting in God. Father God, I am going to trust in you. I am going to continue on. Joy will be there. And know that he is your shield. God is your shield. He is there to help you. He is there to protect you. He is there to defend you. Know that he will do that. He will defend you from the enemy you can't see. He will defend you from the enemies you can see. He will defend you. He is your shield. Trust in him. Keep trusting in him. When the enemy comes along and tries to get you to not trust him, trust in him. Joy will come in. Father God, I sometimes just go through the day. Father God, I thank you. My joy is full. My joy is full. It's hard to say that and be sad. My joy is full. My joy is dependent upon no one. My joy is in me because your word is in me and because I am in your presence. That's why God's joy is there. If God's joy is not in your life, then you are missing one or both of these things. The word of God in you and the presence of God around you. You get those things going. The presence of God around you and the joy of God in you or the word of God in you. Joy is the byproduct. Joy will be there. It has to because the word of God said it. Father, I thank you that my joy is full. And help me all know you can increase your capacity of joy. For some of us, the capacity of joy you have is that much. Because we haven't been holding a whole lot. But as we keep working out with joy, getting ourselves going with joy, and pushing that other, our our capacity for joy becomes bigger. And our capacity can become bigger after that. And we can hold even more joy. And more joy. And our joy can just keep getting fuller and fuller. Because our container keeps getting bigger and bigger. Can your faith increase? How many know your faith can increase? Yeah. If your faith can increase, why can't your joy? Can your love increase? Yeah. If your love can increase, how come your joy can't increase? Can your hope increase? Surely our hope can grow as we learn more things that are out there for us that God is doing. If our hope can increase, our faith can increase, our love can increase, certainly our joy can increase. Look to increase your joy. Every day you can make your joy get bigger. Be able to hold more. Father God, I'm, my joy container is bigger. 
pour it on. Pour it on. Just let that come on in. And sorrow has to go. Sadness, it's out of here. It can't, it can't come around. And as you walk in your Christian life and you begin to sense that your joy level has dropped, it tells you something is wrong. Something is wrong. Father God, what's going on? Has I, have I left your presence? Is your word not abiding in me the way that it was before? Am I not doing the things, the good things that you say to do? Am I not doing those things? Am I, are my conversations becoming corrupted? Am I accepting deceit? What's going on? Let God do a little checkup for you and say, over here, this is where the leak happened. We can go over there and we can fix it. Oh, I see that leak. Yeah. All right. We're going to patch that up. We're going to get rid of that and uh, fill it right back up again. Fill it right back up. Your joy can be full. John wrote these things that your joy may be full. If you get your joy to a place of fullness, your life in this your life here, living this life, will be a whole lot easier. It'll be a whole lot more fun. You'll still long for God to come and to send His Son to come get you. But it's a whole lot, more, a whole lot easier to tolerate it until then. Because this world is filled with evil. It's filled with evil people. Evil is preached all around us. And constantly we are asked to compromise and to give in on the things of the Word. But your joy can remain. It doesn't have to, to falter one bit. Do the things that the Word of God has said to do. Maintain them, and your joy will be full. And life will be easier and more fun. Now, people will still try and get you, because nobody should be that happy. <laughs> That's okay. Let them try. It won't work. Would you all stand up with me? Father, I thank you for the joy that you have put on inside of us. I thank you that your joy wells up on the inside like a fountain. That, Father, we can spread it to the people that are around us. Just as joyful people spread their joy to us, we can spread our joy to the people we are around. And people will begin to say, oh, I can't wait for so-and-so to get here. Because when they get here, this place just fills up with joy. I can just feel the joy in their life overflowing into us. Father, that's the kind of people we want to be. That's the kind of people you have called us to be. And I thank you, Father. And we can walk that way. You gave us the clues. You gave us the direction. You showed us how to do this in your word. Father, all we need to do is to do what you said. Trust in you. Trust in you. Know that what you say is truth. Father God, we're going to hang on to that. We're going to keep on going the way that you say to go. I thank you that you know the end from the beginning you know how this world will end you know how our life will go through here and we just want to follow your direction so that we follow that path thank you father for your joy thank you for your wisdom we give you the praise and the glory for it in jesus name amen glory to god we have some praise reports i didn't see any up up over here yet Wow, it's been a few Sundays before we haven't had a praise report. All right. Well, oh, we got we got some uh, we got one being handed in over there. Sharon says that she received two unexpected checks um, this past week, and it was truly a blessing. I bet it was truly a blessing. Isn't that neat? Two unexpected checks. That'll help you to to grow. All right. That's all we we have.
Remember, keep, uh, keep an eye out during the week. What has God done for you? Write it down. Share it with people. No matter how small, no matter how great, people want to hear what it is we're doing. Let's all stand up. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, this afternoon after the uh, service, we have the end times class. We're going to be picking up the end of chapter 12 of Daniel and the first part of Ezekiel 38, looking at the, uh, the war of Ezekiel, where that comes into play, what the timing that might be, and who the nations are that are involved. We're going to take that on at 1 o'clock. And then at 2 o'clock, we have the uh, financial class that will go on. That will be at 2, move to 2 o'clock because of the end times class that is, that is going on there. But uh, we have those, those things going on here for today. Wednesday night, we're here for the series on Colossians. And I think that's all we have for the... We, oh, the men's breakfast is on Saturday. Men's breakfast is scheduled for this Saturday. So uh, have a great rest of the week. Bless some folks before...